Our beloved chiropractic profession faces challenges like never before. These challenges come from not only outside the profession, but also from within. Hi, I'm Dr. Bobby Braille, and I've had the opportunity to see this profession as a practitioner, a teacher, an administrator, and a politician. In my over 40 years in chiropractic, I've just about seen it all. Join me on Cairo Rants for an honest and no-holds-barred discussion about all aspects of chiropractic practice, politics, education, and philosophy. We'll talk about subjects that most only want to whisper about, and we'll interview the leaders in our profession to get some straight-up answers. If you're looking for a politically correct chiropractic discussion, this is not the place. Welcome to Cairo Rants. Hi, and welcome to Cairo Rants. This is Dr. Bobby Braille, and uh, today I have a very special guest here uh, that I'm going to take a little while introducing. Although if I, if I introduced and mentioned every one of her accolades, the show would be over. So I really can't do that. Uh, but let me just say here that this individual, if you just go through the page on her website of the awards and recognition, it's amazing. Uh, this person is a leader in chiropractic research and upper cervical work. Um, she is the Upper Cervical Chiropractor of the Year. Uh, she's the president of the Society of Chiropractic Orthospinology. She's a board member uh, for the Florida Board of Chiropractic Medicine. Uh, member Special Counsel's Task Force Federation of Chiropractic Licensing Boards, Diplomat in Clinical Chiropractic Pediatrics, Fellow in Chiropractic Cervical, uh, Craniocervical Junction Procedures, 2014 uh, Chiropractor of the Year from the International Chiropractors Association, and the 2016 Chiropractor of the Year from the International Chiropractic Association Upper Cervical Care Council. Uh, like I said, I can go on with the awards, the accolades, and everything else, but uh, I wanted to introduce and bring to you a very special person, uh, dear to my heart, dear to our profession, uh, Dr. Julie Mayer Hunt. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. What a pleasure to be on the call with you here, Bob. You know, uh, you and I have known each other for a number of years. I had the privilege of uh, seeing you in a number of different uh, scenarios in chiropractic. But just, just so the average chiropractor knows, I mean, you've done a lot of um, CE work where you go out and speak and do license renewal programming and, uh, and share your knowledge, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And I can honestly tell anyone who's listening here, now I've been to a lot of programs that Dr. Julie's been speaking on, and in many cases I'm, you know, running the program or helping to do something behind the scenes, so I'm not there to sit through the program and as she'll attest to, there's too many times when I'm like walking through the room and I have to stop, sit down, and stay for the entire program and then raise my hand and ask questions. And it happened so many times with your information. It's just so astounding and so strong. So I feel so blessed and privileged to have you here today. Um, <laughs> I wanted to start off by asking you a little bit about the history, your history in chiropractic. I know you were in a practice, you just mentioned to me that it was has been there over 50 years. And just to give you an idea, uh, you'll talk about your father in a second who started the practice. From what I saw on the website, he started that practice when I was three years old. <laughs> Gives you an idea. Uh, so if you could talk a little bit about your family history in chiropractic uh, through yours, if you will. 
I would love to. Yes, the practice has been there 62 plus years now. And um, <clears throat> my dad started the practice in 1958. He, uh, I'm one of those kids that was bounced on BJ's knees. Um, we would go down apparently and visit BJ and we'd run around the house myself. And then, of course, my sister, she came along. The um, My dad and BJ were close friends. My dad is one of the founders of the Florida Chiropractic Society that BJ implored him to develop. And uh, so the practice, I grew up in the practice, and my dad tells me when I was six years old, I stood at the doorway of the treatment room and said, I'm going to be a chiropractor just like you one day, Dad. And <laughs> I, uh, I never thought about doing anything else. I'm just sorry I only have one lifetime to devote to this this profession. <laughs> but in the meantime, I was blessed. Uh, my husband and I were blessed with the son after about 10 years of marriage. And uh, he, uh, at 18, slapped his hand across his heart and said, Mom, <laughs> I want to be a chiropractor. And I'm like, fantastic. So he's joined the practice. And uh, up until this COVID miss, mess on Fridays, my father and he practice together. And it's the grandfather-grandson day. And uh, it's truly a joy. It is just fabulous to be in this practice. And I feel totally bookend by my father and my son. You know, for chiropractors who, uh, like myself, I started a practice. No one else in my family was a chiropractor. So it was, and I moved to a town where I knew no one. But explain, talk a little bit for the chiropractors about what it's like to be where your family must be known. I mean, obviously for decades, 62 years, uh, it must be something where everyone knows the family. Yes. And, you know, my, my father was quite the... Uh, Oh, my goodness. He had a horse farm. We had 45 horses. Um, so I know you understand when I say I've never worked a day at the office. <laughs> the office is a picnic. He was written up as the John Wayne of chiropractic because he'd, he'd come in with his <laughs> pickup truck every day and, and on the way home pick up you know, telephone poles or whatever along the way that he could find to use at the ranch. Um, you know, it just it's, it's an incredible generational practice. Wow, uh, that's I, it's unfathomable to me only because I could not experience such a thing. Uh, you know, having been the first in my family uh, to get on the chiropractic and actually having known nothing about chiropractic prior to starting at New York Chiropractic College. Now, you went to Palmer. Um, I actually, I went to Life. Oh, you my went to Life. My, my dad and my son went to Palmer. My son went to Palmer, Florida. I was signed up at age 14 to go to Palmer Davenport. And then I was engaged and to my husband, and he was in Gainesville, Florida, doing his master's degree in engineering. And I'm looking at going to Davenport, and, you know, we're going to be in separate states, but how many states apart? And Sid Williams, who was one of my dad's classmates, had opened up Life College. And so, you know, my father said, go get your chiropractic degree. I'll teach you everything you need to know. And he did. <laughs> Now, so you, I went to life. Okay. And and now once you graduate, now I don't know life had a very strong upper cervical uh, emphasis back then anyway. Yes. Once you got out, uh, you were exposed to upper cervical through your father's practice, but you've taken it a step further than that uh, with the association, with the society, through the ICA. Tell us a little bit about that. I, I would love to. Um, so... 
So when the practice was about 50 years old, I realized I needed to get a paper out there about immune function and upper cervical care. I was raised in, in upper cervical care. I never had a pediatrician. My son was astounded to learn he had a pediatrician because he never saw her. I, I had one for him, but he never, never was on an antibiotic, never missed a day of school in all of his years growing up, which is another attraction to my practice. You know, classmates and parents said, what is this kid? He's never sick. What is she doing with him? <laughs> so I have a number number of attractions that way that have also become chiropractors secondarily. Um, but anyhow, the, you know, the, the idea of getting this immune paper out, I realized it could not be just about mayor chiropractic. It had to be bigger. And I know I was actually talking with you at a conference at the FCS about re-instituting uh, the diplomate program for upper cervical. And then Dr. Klum called you as we finished this couple-hour conversation on how you're going to help me figure out how to do this. And Dr. Klum had already instituted it with the ICA that it was all set to roll. Now I just had to put the curriculum together. And... So we launched the Diplomate program in upper cervical and uh, the cranial cervical junction. And the first class that graduated, I picked the top six offices, and we put together an immune study based on salivary IgA. And I took each of the procedures in upper cervical and included them because I wanted to be this um, inclusive study. And we have now finished the paper. We're submitting it for publication. I'm very excited to get this paper out. But um, I'm very grateful that I was able to put this together and get some solid data on immune function changes when the nervous system is balanced. And, you know, all day long in my office, I have a chart in each of my treatment rooms that shows the spine misaligned and the spine balance. And, I mean, I'll ask physicians who come in to see me, I'll say, which one of these people are going to have a better immune system? And everybody always points at the balanced nervous system. And... You know, it's not rocket science and stuff, but we need more data on that. And so I'm very excited to have a um, comprehensive paper covering all procedures in upper cervical care, looking at the changes in immune markers, because I know as well as you know, when I'm working with kids and they're sick or adults and I get them adjusted, I see them respond so quickly probably my my most humblest moment was when one of my granddaughters was brought to me at around 14 months and uh, she was running a fever and I got her checked and got her adjusted and I looked at my daughter-in-law and I said so you know she's probably going to sleep the next couple hours and I would say by dinner time the fever will probably be gone you know and she looked at me she goes no my mother was just here and she said she's going to be sick for two weeks and I went oh that's right I'm the (laughs) mother-in-law shut up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, you know, she called me later that day, and she said uh, she did sleep for the next couple hours, and, and she's up and running around. It's dinner time. She's eating. Things are good. I said, I know, but somehow we've got to get that out to the world, that they know where their immune strength comes from. So, you know, it's know. it's an odd thing, because I know in chiropractic, there's always this internal discussion and there are chiropractors out there saying that, oh, chiropractic's not scientific. I've heard one of the presidents of a, of a chiropractic college at one point on the platform say, I've never seen a subluxation, which I, I thought was absolutely astounding and, and crazy and stupid. But, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I have 62 years worth of documented subluxations and corrections. You know, yeah, I, I'm just astounded myself when I hear something like that or hear somebody say something like that. 
But yeah. one of the things that I think uh, I find a lot of chiropractors aren't aware of, um, and I've got a copy of one and I've seen you do them at the programs, is the changes in cerebrospinal fluid flow. Uh, yes. Explain some of your work in that because that is fascinating and something that I've had students watch the few films that I have and they're like, wow, I, nobody told us this. Well, we heard yeah, about it at school, but we didn't know much about it. So tell us a little bit about that work. Yeah, absolutely. So this is work that Dr. Scott Rosa has introduced me to, and he has absolutely blown me away with his work. So for 29 of my 39 years in practice, I was focused on balancing the weight of the head over 24 segments or 24 dominoes, 22 marbles or discs, and 31 pairs of live wires or nerves, balancing that bowling ball over that. All right. I had never thought about the fact that when that head-neck relationship is imbalanced, the fluid can't get in and out of the brain the way that it needs to to keep the brain healthy. So when I got involved with this research with Dr. Rosa up in New York um, in 2011, I came back to Florida here where I practice, and I went to a local MRI center, and I put together sequences of the cranial cervical junction, which I've done well over a 1,000 studies in these years. And I've compiled incredible data on the importance of that ability for that fluid flow to get through because sometimes it's strictly mechanical how the structure is misaligned. Sometimes how that structure is misaligned is affecting the neural tissue and brain tissues positioning such that it starts blocking fluid flow dynamics. There are times that there are blood vessels that are abutting or compressive to the brain stem and how they come up through the um, frame of magnum and how they um, they don't necessarily just stay to the side of the brainstem. Sometimes they cross across and cause pressure against the brainstem. And I mean, just tremendous data. And, you know, we all understand if our, you know, our heart's an organ, our brain's an organ. If our heart wasn't getting the fluid it needed to work right, you could have, you could have problems. So let's just say it's chest pain. Well, we do something about that, but people get headaches and they just give them drugs and tell them not to worry about it. That's an organ not getting what it needs to be functional. So what's most fascinating to me is that when we have seen most MRIs done, they're done lying down. And when you lie down, the back of the head will act like something of a bowl and the brain tissue will slide into the belly of the bowl, if you will. When you sit upright, that brain tissue will sit in a different position. And if you think about how many people with headaches, migraines, prefer to lay down versus being upright, you've just answered a huge component of this because when that brain tissue is being pulled into a position where it's blocking fluid flow to the brain and they lay down and it, it pull and it slides out of the way because I've had so many MRIs, you know, I can't begin to tell you how many done lying down where it shows the brain tissue close to a normal position. I do that same patient in upright position and get detail of the cranial cervical junction. It can show a full Chiari five millimeters and more. Whereas the brain MR is red is normal laying down. So, you know, we've got to get realistic about how these MRIs are being done, what information they can give us. But the most fascinating thing is uh, the study that we did up in New York, uh, the 43 cases, every single case when we got that patient's cranial cervical junction balanced, that fluid flow increased measurably to the brain. And at the end of the day, isn't it about having a healthy brain? 
a year after we did the research, they found the lymphatic system for the brain called the glymphatic system, which is what's responsible for cleaning and washing the brain. It's not just the brain floating up there in that. That's the system that cleans and washes the brain and keeps the brain tissue healthy. And what I find funny is in my years in practice with my dad, Um, Growing up as a chiropractic kid, you know, they would ask me, have I ever had neck or back pain? And I had horses, we got thrown, but dad get us adjusted and we were fine. I don't recall any specific neck or back pain. Um, Maybe if I got kicked or something, maybe some leg pain, but you know, I don't recall having a neck or back issue that went on. But I would also always note that I would get checked when I couldn't think 300 miles an hour. And so I'm talking for almost 30 years of practice, I wasn't thinking about how that adjustment affected the fluid flow to the brain. Brain fog, anxiety, dizziness, depression, headaches are the top five bell ringers I see when there's a problem at the cranial cervical junction and getting fluid flow to the brain. So it's, it's huge. Yeah, and today so many people come in. I mean, I see it more than I've ever seen it before. Whereas, you know, conditions and medications, oh, I have anxiety and I'm taking drugs for it. Yes. And, you know, shouldn't we correct the problem and get the fluid flow to the brain to where the brain tissue can be normal and relaxed? Yeah, I agree. Now, a lot of chiropractors, uh, you know, there's uh, groups of chiropractors that are salivating for the idea of working with an MD. Unfortunately, it's usually working under their auspices, doing what the MD thinks they should be doing. Uh, You work with MDs as far as this goes, but they're looking to work with you because of what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about that. That's different. Yeah, I would say 85% of my referrals each month are MD referrals. Um, neurologist. I have this one man who came in this past month and I'm working with him. He's got some very unusual symptoms, but um, my son, when he was working with him, found out that a neurologist five years ago had referred him to me and another one three years ago had referred him to me. And when the third uh, person who's a physical therapist referred him, he said, okay, I'm going to come see her. But, you know, it, it's interesting because he said, you know, when the neurologist first said, you know, I'm not sure exactly how she helps patients, but she helps patients like you and you need to go see her. He said, I just didn't have a feeling that you really had the answers based on what the neurologist said. He said, but when I heard it from the third practitioner who's a physical therapist to come see you, he said, he said, I'm in and he's doing better. You know, and again, it's about balancing The way I see it is you've got to balance that nervous system so that the nervous system can heal and then function the body at a higher level. And again, every day, I'm just going to be very blunt about this, I get to play in God's sandbox. I get to line people up the way God designed them and help help their bodies through God heal themselves. Amen on that. Thank you. Now, um, I, I don't have any of those healing powers. I just know how to line them up the way God designed them. That's that's how chiropractic was designed to work. Yeah. Now, there's this movie you sent out an email about that you're all excited yeah. about. Uh, tell us yeah. a little bit about what that is. This is huge. So in 2008, I first met Andrew Wakefield at an ICA uh, pediatrics conference. And he presented on his findings on these inflammatory bowel conditions with autism. And um, as we all know, he has been through a hell none of us would wish on any of us um, over these past years. 
he produced the movie Baxed. It was an exceptional movie. But the movie that was just released on the 8th of July, and if you go to 1986theact.com, and again, 1986theact.com, this is about the data behind what occurred to have the government in 1986 sign a an act mandating that all vaccine manufacturers have no responsibility for anything they put in their products. They have absolutely zero liability. And look at the number of vaccines that have increased. You know, I think it's 72 now that kids can have before they graduate high school, 72. And um, this movie Uh, I finished it last night. I watched the first hour on the 8th. I was working full days on Wednesday and Thursday, but um, I was able to watch, finish it last night. It it brought me to tears. It is so powerful. What, What he has done to bring to light the importance of all of us having the choice of what we put in our bodies. And if we don't get on this, this is probably going to be the biggest, most significant parameter in all of our lives. Um, with what's going on with COVID and, you know, however you want to flavor this, the bottom line is each one of us need to have the right to have a choice of what's put in our bodies. And he has laid the groundwork in this movie that, you know, is was released on the 8th of July. And if you go to that website, you can sign on for an online version. I think it's around $13, something like that. And you get three viewings of it. Um, it is phenomenal. I, I cannot say enough about it. I, I finished it last night and I called my dad in tears and just thanked and thanked and thanked him for making the choices he made in my life that I was able to make in my son's life that I was able to see happen in my granddaughter's lives regarding their health. And, um, you know, to give you just a small background there, my father was at Ohio State Dental School and sick, sick kid, one out of 5,000 that was rejected for the draft, severe asthma, hay fever, allergies, six foot four and 120 pounds. I mean, he, um, he installed an x-ray equipment for a chiropractor who did upper cervical care. He was an electrician to put himself through school. And the chiropractor said, Dave, I'm going to treat you as well as pay you. And he treated my dad. And in two weeks, my dad, my dad's health changed so dramatically. He left Ohio state and went to Palmer chiropractic college. And, uh, from then on, you know, lives were changed dramatically. And, um, you know, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for the insights of BJ and how it has affected our lives and so many lives. And I wish to continue to help people enjoy the health that they were designed to have. I agree. And we, we appreciate you for doing that. Uh, you know, there is a, um, I'll call it a de-emphasis um, from what I am noticing across the board in almost all chiropractic colleges, unfortunately a little bit included in life, of the upper cervical focus. Uh, I take a lot of interns from the school and you know I may not be specifically only upper cervical, but everybody's upper cervical gets checked and when necessary adjusted in my office. That's, you know, if nothing else is going to be done, they're going to get their upper cervical cleared. Uh, to me, it's, you know, and I'm an old toggle guy from way back when. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I find it astounding that there's a lack of emphasis on this, yet the most science and the most, uh, I guess the hugest effect on patient care comes from the upper cervicals. 
Um, well, it is our brainstem. Yeah, I, I, um, I had a woman I, come in today earlier, just maybe an hour before we got on this call. Um, severe lower back pain for two weeks. Um, she had been a patient before. She had had MRIs and everything else. And I looked at her and I adjusted her atlas only. I toggled it. And she immediately got up off the table about an 80% relief immediately in her lower back. Yep. <laughs> and, it, is a, it, is, it is so beautiful. Every day patients say to me, why doesn't everybody do this? You know, and I, I know, but, you know, it's still postgraduate work by and large, unless it's elective. Uh, we're supposed to be in at life at this point. Uh, you know, there's, there's electives. I have been, as you know, because of Jerry Clum. Dr. Klum inspired me to get on the state board so I could be part of writing the national boards. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a whole dance to being involved with writing the national boards and getting questions submitted. Um, but that's what Dr. Klum shared with me was the only way to change the um, schools was to change the national boards because the national boards didn't have enough questions on upper cervical. And if we change the national boards, then we'll change the schools. So, you know, that's a dance that I've been involved with now for, I just was out there on uh, 1st of June for the fifth time to help write the national boards for part four. Um, but, you know, there, there's a whole lot to that whole um, parameter. It's not, it's not as easy as the first time I thought it would be. You know, I brought 50 questions and said, here you go. <laughs> there's a lot more to it. <laughs> So, so in closing, do you have any other admonitions, recommendations, or anything you want to say to chiropractors regarding uh, uh, chiropractic, upper cervical work, whatever it is you feel like saying, go for it. So my suggestion is to understand that that brain-body connection is dependent on that brainstem functioning. And uh, I will... I will go back to when I was presenting at a state conference and there was maybe four or 500 chiropractors in the room and somebody was looking at my results on the pre and post MRIs and he asked the question, he said, what upper cervical procedure are you using? And I thought, you know, if I say any rote term toggle, what, you know, whatever term that could be, I'm going to lose half the room. And so I said, you know, I'm using an image guided adjusting procedure. In other words, I'm, I'm using the imaging to guide how I make that adjustment. And he said, well, what is that? Just a bigger hammer? <laughs> and I said, well, it would depend on how you would set your Rolex. This is your brainstem. <laughs> and I, I, didn't, I didn't get the hook. Everybody stayed engaged. But there's just no juncture more critical to have balanced than that brainstem. And if that weight of that head isn't carried properly, you can keep adjusting that mid-back, low-back all day long. It's just a compensation. you got to start at the top. All right. Well, Dr. Julie, I want to thank you so much, not only for being on this show, but for your contribution to chiropractic, for your contribution to the people in your community, uh, to working in your practice for so many years, and your father, thank him so much for me. Uh, you've just been such a huge contribution and a guiding star for the profession. So I want to thank you for all of your hard work and for being a guest with us today. It is my honor, and thank you, Bob. All right, thank you. This has right. been Cairo Rants. Thank you for listening to Cairo Rants. Subscribe for free and listen to insightful, truthful, and hard-hitting discussions with some of the biggest names in chiropractic. 
Pyro Rants is sponsored in part by Now You Know Online and in-office educational services. Learn how to expand your educational outreach to your patients and your community at www.nowyouknow.net. The opinions of Cairo Rants are exclusively those of Dr. Braille and do not reflect the opinions of any associations, groups, institutions, or sponsors mentioned in these podcasts. This has been Cairo Rants.